I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, I'm Keith Ewan, and this is the BT Sport Matter GP podcast. Today, I'm joined by Neil Hodgie Hodgson and Julian Ryder in San Marino, ahead of round 13 of the season. Afternoon, boys. Jules, I think we've got to look back, really, haven't we? Uh, uh, the domination of Maverick Vinales, first of all. Um, Robot. Have to, have to blow smoke in a certain sensitive area, as far as uh, you're concerned, because you were the man that had your money on him right from the... Actually, you didn't have money on him, and you should have done, because the man next to you would have lost. That's the only thing I am remorseful about. I didn't actually try and take money off Hodgson. I would have taken the bet as well. I yep. would have lost money. You said you said you uh, was so confident about it. That's why I was... It, it looked, after the test at Checo... And what he did in the wet at Checo, there's obviously a, a leap had been made with that motorbike. For me, the only question is, could he still get, could he get it off the line? And when he did, no one saw which way he went. Well, for me, the big question was the fact that nobody really had a run at Silverstone. We had wet, uh, we had a, a cold and windy Friday, we had a wet and windy Saturday, and then we had race day with different conditions again. How much, Neil, in your experience, would that have brought? the main factory teams of Honda and Yamaha back towards the independents. Yeah, well, that, that definitely helped. What we've seen with that Suzuki, he, he's been, he'd be the sort of the Friday world champion almost because he's been top three pretty much every Friday. And you'd say, oh, Maverick's definitely going to fight for the podium this weekend. And as the weekend goes on, it's almost like the, the more experienced factories so just find those tents here and there. And uh, the Suzuki seemed to have just plateaued. But, uh, yeah. So I, I do think that worked for him. But wasn't he just amazing? Astonishing. He, he, you know, every time he showed him on track, he looked inch perfect. He looked he just he looked like he belonged there. He looked like a, a you know, a, a MotoGP winner. An experienced one. The Suzuki and the rider have looked good all year long uh, without putting too much of a, a dampener on, on what you've just said. But the, the, the big deal for me with the Suzuki was it got off the line twice. That's the first time we've seen the thing start. We've seen it yep. qualifying well, but it, it always seems to have got itself mired in the pack right early on and not given them a chance to perform perhaps like that. That's Jules. it. And then you look at the lap times. He was straight into the 202s. He stayed there for nine laps. Went into, obviously, I think, changed the map, I would assume. And the rest of the race was in the threes. Well, I don't know if he changed the map. He looked at his pit board and, and it said <laughs> plus... Yeah, four seconds, and you think, do you know what? I don't need to do twos anymore. Well, let's not risk it. You know, I don't know if that's the case. No, but, I, well, you know, I'm guessing as well. Yeah, so but, uh, uh, whatever he did, it worked. Yeah, Rossi did two O twos. Cal did three, and they were in groups. 
Marquez did seven, but they were randomly scattered right through the race. It sums up what you what we saw, that sporadic sort of inconsistent, apex missing, wild, <laughs> entertaining Mark Marquez. So, is Maverick Vinales as special as everyone makes him out to be? Is he going to be an alien? Is he an alien? He's not an alien yet in my eyes. He's going to be an alien next year. We will see him. He will be a regular top three, four... What do you think, Jules? I... Is think, alien? No, no, not yet. No, no, but, but he's very, very close. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, then. Twitter question uh, from Andrew Mantle. In light of Maverick's victory, do you think he should have stayed with Suzuki for 2017? Oh. Good question. Uh, great question. Uh, yeah, great question. Well, it's one of those, should he? Well, we'd, we'd all... Honestly, I think we'd all like to have seen him stay because of the, all, the hard work Suzuki have done. And they, you know, they took a gamble signing him early on, straight from oh, Moto2. One year in Moto2 and straight in yeah, so, so to they, a new project. Exactly. So they, took, they definitely took a bit of a gamble. But like we said, when he signed for Yamaha, how many championships, how many races have Yamaha won and how many have Suzuki won? And from, the, from that standpoint, it, for, for me personally, it was a no-brainer. Yeah. It's a shame in many ways. There's a romantic side that says, wouldn't it be great to see him take the project through? Well, Suzuki, I'm going to be slow next year with your no-nay on it. No, but no Maver- I agreed. Maverick Vignales come a long way since having Paris Hilton as his sponsor. Incredible, isn't it? What was that? Was that about 2011? Or it's a, it was in the er- very early days. Early, yeah, it was 2011, which, yeah. I, re- I remember seeing him then thinking he won't even know who she is. <laughs> Not that anyone does anyway now. <laughs> there is a question. Yeah. Where is what Paris is she? Hilton? Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is she? another story altogether that's another podcast <laughs> probably not one from bt sport motor grand prix cal crutchlow what about the performance from cal crutchlow i mean we're the, in the conditions on qualifying day maybe we've seen him perform in the wet we've seen him hustle that bike for a lap many many times but race day step up oh do you know what he absolutely blew me away he did and as i've done before when i do podcasts or when i'm commentating I'm always happy to admit when I get it wrong. And at the start of this year, was it the first six races, he didn't have a finish, and I actually thought, do you know what? His days in this paddock are numbered. We've probably we've seen the best of Cal and, and uh, Arriva Dirci pretty much, you know. And, uh, I can't, I can't argue, this, this is realism. Yeah. You know, it's very easy uh, to forget after the last two or three races what the situation was in the first half of the year. It, and it was dire. It was dire, it was dire. He was last in the championship, you know, it was... It was and to, for him to have dug that deep, to have—I mean, we know the, the character, the personality mm. of Cal. That st- that stubborn. Uh, I am one of the best, and he's he's never lost faith in himself, which I respect because that is the probably one of the hardest parts of this yeah. job that people don't realise. And I don't believe. And I don't believe the new frame was a magic bullet, by the way. Very no, li- very no. little to do with it. No. No, well, let, let's clarify that because obviously he was on a chassis that the other two had basically decided they didn't want. Maybe they'll be wanting it back this week. Yeah, and HRC said they wanted more miles on the, on that chassis, so he puts it in, and mm. uh, and we see him outbreak Mark Marquez, which <laughs> I've never seen. I don't know if Cal has ever done that. It was... Do you know what? If you look at the last four Grand Prix, I think it's the last four Grand Prix. He scored more points than any other rider out of the top riders. He scored more yeah. than every single other motorcycle. Can you believe that? Can you believe we sat here discussing that? No, that none of us, none of us would have said. Okay, that, that, that is an amazing stat. So I what's you, clicked? And from a man who doesn't like stats, that's a crack. Well, it's one that you can't ignore as an, an ex-racer. I mean, that that is everything. Points make prizes, and to to outscore the luminaries that he is outscoring yes. is, yeah. is outscoring. Yeah. Over on four a, races on an independently entered motorcycle. Okay, it's a factory Honda. We know that, but yeah. it's all about having how many personnel you've got working on it. And little L- LCR, yes. uh, yeah, they're scratching around when they're up against that Repsol Honda, which have got far, far more people here and at the factory. 
Um, so at the end of the day, it's a great result. And it's another great role, r result for Lucio Cecinello. I mean, there's a man who kept the plate spinning just long enough for Cal to come good. <laughs> yeah, at a point when we, we didn't, well, you sort of off felt like he did have grounds to say, look, we're getting to the end of repairing these crash bikes, Cal. You know, we do need some results. And we, we were talking about it. Obviously, yeah. we talked about it on air. So get back to it. What's clicked? I asked uh, him that question. I, inter I interviewed him, uh, what, what was it, 10 minutes ago. I asked him that question, and he can't put his finger on it. It's not one thing. He said a, com a combination of momentum, which we know how that works. Um, he said a bit of luck. But he said, I feel like I deserve a bit of luck. You can't argue with that. Yeah. yeah. So, but there's not one thing. It's not, oh, now I've changed this. So I look at, I, I'm trying to later. It, it never is, is it? No, no. My favourite quote. Valentino Rossi when he was talking about Cal. I'm very happy for Cal. I can't do Italian accent. Yeah, go on. So I'm not you started, so you'll finish. But maybe I should have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there, there obviously is that side yes. to it. We, Like I said, I've just interviewed him 10 minutes ago. He said, not only, not only to me, but to uh, the cameraman, the sound man, my producer, oh, guys, I've, uh, I've bought a load of um, like what look like little croissants for the team. I've got loads here. Here, come in. And then he actually walked into his garage. Listen to this. I'm not lying got this tray full of uh, these goodies and brought them out and give them to all the crew. Give me one and the crew. And he said, oh, they're really good. All the cream one's the best. It was like this completely, I didn't even recognise this nice character. So, is what has happened. It's obviously north of Cal's eyebrows. Suddenly, to put it simply, he's not over trying. He's reined himself in. He, yes. be he believes in himself. He knows he can do it. He's not trying to win every corner. It's funny, we saw him... In the lounge before we came, went out to Austria. I know Austria yeah. wasn't a great race for him and the like, but he uh, congratulating him on the new baby Willow, of course. Yeah. Um, and he looked five years younger. Yeah. He looked more relaxed. He looked, you know, most, most new fathers are worn out by the entire stress of it, but he looked <laughs> like it's, it's all coming together for him. There was that quote straight after he'd won when he said, well, I've been, I've been imagining this all my life and I thought it would be the best moment of my life, but it isn't. Yeah, the, the winning the race because he, yeah. he's experienced the birth of his daughter ten and, days before. Yeah, well, we can pretty much vouch for that. Yeah, whatever whatever's happened happened with Cal. It's and do you know what? He was an. I thought to myself walking away, I had a nice smile on my face, and I thought absolute pleasure to interview him. And I'm, well, I'm pleased I've been in this paddock and seen the happy, fast Cal, not the grumpy, angry man well, that all, I've had to deal with. Have for you two put the finger years. on it? All of a sudden, he's enjoying himself, and that's what you can say that. You can see that. Well, I think we can round that up then as a, a congratulations, Cal, from Absolutely. all of us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Title protagonists, Marquez and Rossi, uh, I've got to say, rubbing his racing, and those two certainly pushed each other hard, but all's fair in love and war. And that was a, I, from my own personal perspective, great racing, nothing dirty. I couldn't agree more. It was on the absolute edge limit, mm. wasn't it? It was on the absolute limit of... This could turn so wrong so quickly, as we know, obviously, when you're touching each other at that point, and they, they are on the edge. It was it was a pleasure to watch, probably more so because of the, the history, the past, what we saw last year. There were none of that, them shenanigans. There were none of these almost block passing and stopping and yeah. all that. It was rubbish. the first time they'd really raced each other yeah. since Sepang last year. But you know what? They enjoyed it, didn't they? That's exactly, you know, no, you that, just sorry, stole Dad. that word straight yeah. out of my mouth because they will have enjoyed that so they much because two that. great riders racing each other. I was watching it thinking, this is right on the edge yeah. of acceptability well, we were, we as well yeah, where's as going? Was, where's, was, this, where's going? this going I thought if anybody pushes it a millimetre further than they are at the moment yeah they'd all been lying on the, on the race direction would have had to be making yeah. some very interesting calls pleasure to watch though wasn't oh, it oh epic Twitter question then from Marek Haas 
why everyone is so adamant that VR46 and uh, Marquez resumed hostilities. They are closest rivals, so this was a championship duel. So say all of us. I, well, put, a, well put. Yeah, wasn't yeah. a wasn't a resumption of hostilities. No. It was just great riding, I think, great racing. And Valentino, who probably ended up with the, the most being pushed the most, yep. um, was was nowhere near cheesed off at all. He was quite happy with the racing. He did he say, said he uh, in English. Yes, when he spoke to the Italians, he said in Italian, Marquez always reserves something extra for me so there's a little hint uh, let me let me just even that up a bit i'll bet you any money you like valentino saves a little bit up for him as well <laughs> yeah because that's that's <laughs> which is exactly you, what it looked like you treat people how they treat you and that's always been the case with this sport from day one hasn't it keith you know it you, indeed. you know exactly if someone will push you on the grass you go all right no problem i know as long as i know who, the way the rules we've got who was it you put in the straw bales at cadwell i Remind can't me. tell you that because it might be libelous in some way shape or form but somebody had been pushing me a little bit hard when i came back from international racing into the uk and i got pushed around a little bit i remember this bloke just shoved me twice too hard next time he was sitting in the hay <laughs> Uh, 50 point lead for Marquez over Rossi. Six races to go. Surely over? I don't think. Ooh. No. I mean, it's a, it's a massive lead. Uh, any, any rider would, <laughs> would do anything to have that championship lead at this point in the season. The beauty of our sport is we still, you, anything can happen. You can, yep. Marquez can tuck the front this weekend, and we know Valentino can win round here. So. Thing is, they've not got the spoilers in there that would normally have. Jorge's not out to play anymore, is he? I what bet he what it, has happened to Jorge I, again? I bet Jorge will be up the front this weekend. Yeah, but you but that's not going to affect the championship, is it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's Normally, you would have a Jorge in amongst that lot to really split things up. I mean, Mark has done a great job of managing himself yep. in a difficult year. I mean, somebody said to me this morning when I walked in the paddock, can you imagine what he's going to be like if he gets a proper bike again? I've already thought that as well. Well, yeah. if, if he does win this year, that's th three championships in four years. You know, and he's on it. Well, he's on his way. It's, yeah. you know, but it's gonna with records. what's happened this year, and w all of us are old enough to know that to expect the unexpected in this sport. With what's happened this year, if he gets a gentle cruise to the title through the rest of the year, I will be very, very, very surprised. That's a fair point. Yeah, if he scores in every round, if he manages to finish every race right in the way yeah yeah i mean he has been slightly conservative but it wasn't conservative in in uh, silverstone at all was quite it? the reverse so bradley smith actually was uh, was quite eloquent as he always is when he joined jules and i for free practice four at silverstone when he said that you know people don't realize you know you hero worship these guys uh, but you don't realize just how little it takes to undermine the feel you have in a motorcycle and how much difference that now makes. You know, we're all within sort of top 20 or all within a second or thereabouts of, of, of each other's time. Mm. And it only takes the slightest loss of feel or confidence and it puts the like of Danny Pedrosa, if you think in Austria, right back there. Yeah. He couldn't make that thing stick anywhere, could he? He looked terrible. Yeah. And Jorge... Lorenzo is the perfect example of, of that. And it shocked us all a little bit because yes. we all knew that he wasn't absolutely bulletproof. But I didn't think he was... I don't, I don't use the word weak because fragile. Fragile. He's slightly more fragile than I, I, I expected. Sixty-four points off now. I mean, what's his motivation? Because he's not with that team next year. He goes to, to the, Ducati. The uh, usual racer's motivation, Keith. Yeah, well, well, he has to sort his season out, doesn't he? Yeah. He has to finish the season on a high because you know Ducati yep. are paying him big, big money. Well, let's talk about Ducati. What about that situation? Yeah. He's going to Ducati. What on earth is DG, Gigi Delinia thinking at the moment? Well, he's got a fragile bloke on a motorcycle that, if it's not perfect, he can't ride. 
And that Ducati, you've just ridden one, a factory one, and it is not the motorbike that you would really want if you were Jorge. Not at all. It's not perfect. It's incredibly physical. Every rider I've spoken to, I was speaking to Scott Redding today about it, and he was saying he was backing up what everybody else says. And this Scott Redding's a big, big strong tough, lad. strong he lad. He's so physical. His words were, it just wants to go straight, which is what I'd been saying after I'd come off the bike. So, do you know what? If you was, if you was Ducati, these are the rumours you hear in the paddock. I don't know how true this is, but... They're 25 million deep into Jorge for a two-year deal. Like, we're not talking... This is massive. This is ridiculous telephone numbers. Yeah, but they all said, he's here to win the world title. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we want someone who wins the yeah, world yeah, title. Yeah. Agostini put it best. and uh, Was it down at Jerez when uh, he was interviewed in pit lane for BT Sport? And he said, make no mistake, they've not got him to win the races. They've got him to win the title. Yeah. Absolutely. And anything short of that, they'll be disappointed. And the fact that they've... Got rid of probably the wrong Andrea, <laughs> someone who you can rely on. I for, said that from the beginning. For, for backup wins, <laughs> yep. they put all their eggs in one basket. If you were, well, if you were the sat in the Ducati boardrooms, they will be sweating. Hmm. I think Mr. Godmeyer from Audi is here this weekend. Twitter question again from Damon Grimshaw. Do you think the season is a sign of things changing? By that I mean different race winners and competition. First time we've had seven out of seven, seven, seven different winners. I mean, that's remarkable when you look at the manufacturers that have won as well. I think that it is. we've never had a year quite like this. No, I mean, cr absolute credit to Dorna. We've said it before when we're commentating. They've got the formula right. They've worked so hard. It's taken years, hasn't it, of bizarre... To persuade the factories to go down this road. Yeah, with the bizarre CRT rules, which was... Well, that was, uh, that, was, that was Carmelo's threat that the factories thought he would never carry out. And, and, and absolute credit to him that he did all that. But they've, they've gone through all that, let's say, a bit of nonsense. And it was hard for us, even on the inside, to understand yeah. what was actually going on and where this was going to end. Well, this is where it ends. And what a fantastic... Yeah, the, the only thing envisaged that it would be this good. The last <laughs> bit of nonsense that they had to deal with, of course, was Honda. They had to get Honda to agree to this electronics package, to that ECU package, to get the spec ECU across it. Once they agreed with that, it's brought Honda back yeah. Because they don't don't have the sophistication anymore of the electronics to control that wayward motorcycle. It's brought them back and all the independent teams forward. So they've kind of met in the middle, haven't they? Yeah, and it's a, it is. I mentioned this at Silverstone, but what a golden era of yep. of, of our sport we've got right now. You know, we, you look back to the eighties of the golden era, but I mean, it doesn't get any better than this with these different winners and because it, and it's not like let's say the season year two thousand post McDoan when there were seven or eight winners in the year, but it's generally regarded as a fairly, to put it mildly, average year in terms of talent. This is the same number of winners, but with genuine all-time greats lurking. More than two or three of them. Yeah. OK, seven different winners this year. Who's going to be the eighth? Well, you'd have to say Pedroza, because he wins one mm. every year. He's not won a race yet this yep. year, and I, I interviewed him today, and he said that he gained a lot of confidence from Silverstone and he said it started to feel like it should feel. On a track he doesn't like in conditions he doesn't like. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you can't argue Pedroza has a win in him. You know, every time we write him off he, he pulls it out. He did it last year. Remember he won the, the two races. So where's he going to win? Maybe Aragon? Aragon. 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 Remember what he did to Valentino there yeah, last yeah, year? Yeah, Valentino said, where's that come from? <laughs> yes. As did we all. Yeah. Indeed. OK, British Grand Prix. I mean, it's a big deal for all of us as broadcasters, BT Sport, as, as men that have been around this paddock all our lives. It's a big deal. But families that are involved in it as well, the Lowe's family in particular, proud day for Alex Lowe's in MotoGP taking over from Bradley Smith, Sam Lowe's 
on pole in Moto2. I mean, what you, you're close to them, Neil. I mean, what does it mean for the, like, for, for the Lowe's family in that uh, situation? In, in, incredible as well, because they've not had the, I call it the silver spoon upbringing. They've not come from a real wealthy family and they weren't racing in Spain when they were 12, like you know, some other kids have had the opportunity to do. They've done it the hard way. Alex obviously did his first ever Grand Prix at Silverstone, but he was, um, you know, even in two, 2012, he was still labouring, basically. He didn't have, a, he had a real job grafting, whilst everybody else on the grid that he was racing against, they were all professional bike racers then. So, I mean, it, obviously it was a, just a, a sad day for Sam, because it would have been the ultimate mm. for him to win the British Grand Prix, and it was there. For me, I for thought the it was there, there for the taking. And, uh, and he's had form for being able to perform late on in a race as well. I... I'd love to agree wholeheartedly with that, but I still think he's had a problem beating Luti. The, the I, I don't think so, I, but, but, but obviously we're not always going to agree. No, but but, but what, what I'd said is when I was watching it, I thought Sam will crash trying, which what I meant by that is he will throw everything at it, yep. so he's going to he's going to battle with Luti, or he'd rather crash. Yes, I could just tell he, yep. he was going out all for the win. Uh, just. A Tom Luty moment. How good for him after that horrible crash in Checo to come back and do that at Silverstone. Yeah, there is a god. Yeah, yeah. That's a fact. Yeah. Now, you know, karma is, is something that we believe in occasionally in this paddock, and I think Luti suffered the positive side of that at the time. Interesting tweet I saw from the Lowe's boys. Uh, can't remember where it came from. Sam, I think. Who's the best? Sam or Alex? He tweeted that out. Yeah. It wasn't somebody, somebody trying to wind everybody else up. He yeah. tweeted out, who's the best? I, I never did see who actually... No. I saw it and ignored it completely. So I did I. So did I. Anyone who knows anything about the Lowe's Swins, keep well away from that subject. I'll tell you who's the best, right? And you know I know them very, very well. They are identical twins. They are the same. That's the way I see it. They are the same. They have the same speed. And actually, their, their sort of uh, record of racing against each other is pretty split. They've gone on completely different routes. Good probably example. A, probably a good thing. Yeah, it's probably a good thing. But like... Sam's very well, as we know, incredibly respected in this paddock. Everyone thinks he's a, mm. a, you know, a real talent. Alex isn't respected at all, or he wasn't until people saw him for the first time on a MotoGP bike. And now, finally, hopefully, people are realising that. Do you know what? Alex Lowe's actually is, is possibly as good as his brother. Well, he's got another go at it this weekend, of course, and we'll all be rooting for Alex because um, a second go here at Mizano. Tough track, hot conditions, but he'll know this place. He knows that he raced here on the Superbike and it was similar conditions, so he knows what this track feels like. It is the opposite to Silverstone. It's it's a very greasy track because it's always hot, you know, in the high 20s. So, yeah, it'd be certainly a different feel for him. And so. we'll know by the end of the weekend whether he's doing Aragon as well. We will indeed. Uh, we wish Bradley well, of course, in those circumstances. We're certainly not uh, wishing him to extend his uh, recuperation so that Alex can have a better go on it, but uh, at least Alex is in the chair. All communications from Bradley Smith so far have been about four in the morning, post-anaesthetic and on the painkillers, so yeah, gibberish. All, all the sort of what you hear in the paddock of people that I guess would know is it looks like he will probably miss Aragon. Yeah. But it's looking like then he'll be fit for Japan, which is uh, good news. Yeah. Back to Sam then, just for a, a moment if I can. Um, what was Johan Zarco thinking of and... Uh, he got a, a penalty for it, a 30-second penalty put him outside of the points. He's outraged, it would appear, doesn't think he did anything wrong. And I have to say that, that I got a fair bit of um, Twitter flack uh, for, for not condemning him, but for, for falling, I think I said 60-40 on, on the side of um, uh, Sam regarding that. I mean, where I see it, and please, as I know you will, correct me if I'm even near to being wrong, but it, it looked absolutely to me like Sam 
He had the eye line. He was heading for the apex. He could not possibly have anticipated that Johan was likely to be on the kerb and T-boning him in the side. That's how it looked as an ex-racer's point of view from where I'm sat. How did you see it, Neil? Uh, exactly. Uh, you've just said, you've, you've took the words out of my mouth. That's why I saw it. What I think the only stepping back from it and watching it when I got home was he made a mistake. Absolutely. It wasn't intentional. I think all this, because Sam said in his interviews that he thought it might have been intentional, really. I don't think it was intentional. Yes, he made a mistake, and he got penalised for it. Sort of end off. Zarko's not a dirty rider. No. He's an intelligent rider, and he is going for the championship. He's leading the championship. You can't risk doing that to somebody, because that's a 50-50. Will I get away with this? Will I crash as well? So he did not do that on purpose. He made a mistake. Indeed. He's a gentleman and he's a fair racer, Johan Zarko. And, uh, uh, as a non-ex-racer, I have nothing to add to that, by the way. I think that is all we need to know. Obviously, Tom Luty, you've mentioned him already, off the hospital bed and onto the top step of the podium, which is absolutely fantastic for him. Uh, Bo Benschneider's P3 ends a 22-year drought of podiums for Dutch riders. How about that? Tw can't believe it. I'm just looking down here and reading that as I said it. Who the hell was that it then? Was Luke. Luke Pedelier. Yeah, the, the one, one two five. I, I was in that race. It was 1994. I was in that one two five race. I remember him, Luke, very well. So I, it's hard to believe, isn't it? Because when we think of the Dutch riders, I, I always think of them of a, yeah. a fast motorcycle racing nation. So well, yeah. having seen Will Hartog in the Barry Sheen tribute yes. out uh, at Silverstone in as his well, old leathers. In his old leathers and White. they still yeah like his hair now. Do they still fit him? Yeah, yes, still fit him. Sign. I can't believe it. Mind you, he didn't get off the bike much in those days anyway, did he? No, he, he was the king yeah. of sitting in the middle of the seat. Uh, but Bo Benschneider then P3 ending a 22-year drought of podium for Dutch riders, and I think that's about the end for us as well, gentlemen. Cheers, lads. Be sure to download our review podcast following the race here at Mizano, and remember you can watch every session live this weekend on BT Sport 2. See you then. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.